Welcome, friends. I'm Rev. Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Bible Reflections for October 30, 2023. Today's New Testament lesson is from the book of James, chapter 2, verses 8 to 13. Don't show favoritism. Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said, You must not commit adultery, also said, You must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. New Living Translation Proverbs 28.21 says, Playing favorites is always a bad thing. You can do great harm in seemingly harmless ways. One of my bedrock foundational unshakable beliefs is that God's big world spins on the axis of grace. Without grace, we would all be living in some nightmarish dystopian novel just trying to survive. Grace is the force which overwhelms and overcomes everything. When I was growing up, we had a dog named Sam. Sam loved being on the farm. More than once, he tussled with a skunk. In those times, I could barely get close enough to clean him up because he stunk so badly. And favoritism stinks. God has a hard time getting close to us when we show partiality to others. God is going to clean us up when smelling the stench of discrimination on us. Showing favoritism to some over others is evidence the dog is running away from the bath of grace. To develop relationships and interact with people the way God wants us to, we must be free from prejudice. Favoring the rich over the poor stinks because God cares about those trapped in poverty. When Jesus began his ministry, he lifted up the importance of poor folk by placing himself in the position of extending grace to them. He said in Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. In the Old Testament, there are seven different words for the word poor, because poverty was a pervasive reality and still is. The various reasons for poverty range from being born into poverty, being lazy, or being oppressed, or, and or in slavery. The types of poor persons run the gamut from simple beggars to the pious and humble poor. These spiritual poor persons were called in biblical times the Anawim. The Anawim, in Hebrew, are humble and gentle folk caught in grinding poverty with no other option but to put their trust in God. The mistreatment, exploitation, and inattention to the needs of the poor are a chief reason why Holy Scripture is filled with references about how to treat them. The Anawim are dear and near to the heart of God. Deuteronomy 15.11 says, Poor persons will never disappear from the earth. That's why I'm giving you this command. 
you must open your hand generously to your fellow Israelites, to the needy among you, and to the poor who live with you in your land. If you, and Deuteronomy 24 says, if you hire poor people to work for you, don't hold back their pay whether they are Israelites or foreigners who live in your own town. Pay them their wages at the end of each day because they live in poverty and need the money to survive. If you do not pay them on time, they will complain about you to the Lord, and the Lord will punish you. And in Amos chapter 8, verses 4 to 7, it says, Listen to this, you who rob the poor and trample down the needy. You can't wait for the Sabbath day to be over and the religious festivals to end, so you can get back to cheating the helpless. You measure out grain with dishonest measures and cheat the buyer with dishonest scales. And you mix the grain you sow with chaff swept from the floor. Then you enslave poor people for one piece of silver or a pair of sandals. Now the Lord has sworn this oath by his own name, the pride of Israel. I will never forget the wicked things you have done. Nothing gets God's hackles up more than unjust and unfair favoritism, which is devoid of mercy and grace toward the poor. It all stinks to high heaven. And when God smells it, divine egalitarian power is not far behind. It's the poor in spirit with no trust in physical resources who will enter the kingdom of heaven. The humble person gives grace to another, even though the person cannot offer something in return. It's easy to be merciful to people who have a deal with you about scratching each other's backs. However, it is altogether a different thing to be gracious simply because it's the right thing to do and pleases the heart of God. God cares about the condition of our souls and not the balance of our bank accounts. Inattention to the poor and needy only betrays a heart of unjust favoritism, a materialistic heart full of greed. A 2012 Boston Globe article asked the following question, Does money change you? The Globe article says this, most people are convinced that gaining a lot of money wouldn't change who they are as people. An amounting body of research is showing wealth can actually change how we think and behave, and not for the better. Rich people have a harder time connecting with others, showing less empathy to the extent of dehumanizing those who are different from them. They are less charitable and generous. They are less likely to help someone in trouble and they are more likely to defend an unfair status quo. If you think you would behave differently in their place, meanwhile, you are probably wrong. These are not just inherited traits, but developed ones. Money, in other words, changes who you are. The University of Minnesota's Carlton, Carlson School of Management found in their research that even the mere suggestion of getting more money makes people less friendly less sensitive to others, and more likely to view some groups of people as inferior to others. Another series of studies from the University of California Berkeley, Berkeley concluded that wealthier people tend to be less compassionate toward others in a bad situation than people from lower class backgrounds. Their research concluded, if you win the lottery and you want to avoid becoming an insensitive jerk, there is a simple solution. 
give at least half the money away. Some poor people, as in the days of the Apostle James, are willing to put up with being treated unfairly so they might get a piece of the rich person's pie. Favoritism ignores the sin in others to gain something from them. God says that is stinking thinking. Favoritism is a violation of God's law. The entire law is summed up in two commands, love God and love neighbor. Favoritism violates our neighbor and therefore is sinful disobedience of God. Any needy human we encounter is our neighbor, no matter their social or economic status, their ethnicity, race, gender, or anything that identifies them as different. They are to be helped when we can do so. We are to speak and act with mercy, because we will eventually have to face the judge. God is always watching us, every word and every action. Judge Jesus will respond to how we have treated each person we encountered and how we talked about other people when they were not around. We will all appear before Christ at the end of the age and must give an account of ourselves. Words are important, so they ought to be full of grace, seasoned with salt. Showing mercy instead of favoritism is the way love expresses itself. Mercy is best given when we have first received it ourselves from God. A heart touched by the grace of the Lord Jesus is one which will stand in the judgment. We rid ourselves of favoritism's stench through the cleansing bath of God's mercy in Jesus Christ. There is grace available if we receive it. God is the expert in transforming lives, renewing minds, and putting to death the pride of favoritism. The work is done with needed grace and compassionate mercy. So make it your goal to be a grace giver, to have a willing heart, heart that seeks to emulate the mercy of Christ. The bath of mercy and grace takes away the stank of prideful favoritism and leaves us with the sweet aroma of love, justice, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. May it be so to the glory of God. Amen.